So uh, the old me used to be the tough love guy, but I realized that I was enabling people. So I would give the answer. I'd give it like hard, like, well, you should do this. Boom, 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 boom. Um, but what I was doing was handing them a fish and then expecting them to know how to fish. Where I am in my evolution now is that, you know, the secret to successful coaching is asking good questions. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back. How do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan here, and we've got a mind-blowing interview. You are, you're not going to believe this one. It's got to be seen and or listened to to believe. That's all i got to say. And uh, we're about to dive in. But before we get there, quick update, of course, on my book, The Last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. Thank you to everyone that continues to buy it. Thank you to everyone who continues to leave those awesome five-star rave reviews. And welcome wherever you found out about the book in the first place, whether it's the Forbes article from earlier this year or the USA Today article from this year or the Yahoo article from last year or anywhere else. Welcome. Thank you to everyone again. Uh, I could not be more grateful for the wonderful feedback. And more importantly, the emails I get from you demonstrating that you're actually using the content. It really does blow me away. I'm so excited by the success stories I get from people who are using the content. And most importantly, the people that are just telling me that it is very easy to implement. I really appreciate that. And if you've not checked out the book yet, you can very easily do so by going to lastlawofattractionbook.com. That'll auto forward to the Amazon listing where you can get it on Kindle or paperback or audiobook if you prefer. But if you don't want to pull out your wallet, that's cool. Also, you can feel free to go onto my YouTube channel in support of the book, and that's youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. I've got a lot of fun stuff there waiting for you as well. So whether it's the book or the YouTube channel, I really hope that content will serve you. With that said, we are going straight into today's interview. And again, you're going to love this one. That's all I got to say. So let's waste no more time here. Let me switch up mics and I will introduce George. All right. I am super, super pumped for today's guest. George Bryant is a New York Times bestselling author a podcast host, and one of the most highly sought-after digital marketing consultants in the world, thanks to his relationships beat algorithms approach to business. He's helped hundreds of the largest companies in the world and thousands of entrepreneurs ethically scale their businesses by deepening their relationships with their customers and creating transformational breakthroughs that help them accomplish their goals. He'll be the first to tell you that a company's financial success is directly dependent on the amount of value that they share before and after a purchase, since truly successful business is about relationships and touch points. And those companies who put relationships before transactions will always win. That is the relationships beat algorithms approach. And that is what George is all about. So without any further ado, George Bryant, thank you so much for being here, my friend, and welcome to Shatter the Mold. Thanks, man. I'm stoked to be here. I'm like, I'm like kind of all pumped up and full of energy. I love this. So nice. Yeah, before we hit the record button, man, you, you changed it to stand up desk. And I'm like, all right, it's time to meet George's energy, which I love, man. I'm, I'm super excited to have you here also. And I have no doubt that we're going to go down some roads here that will hopefully blow the minds of my listeners. And when I say hopefully, I mean, definitely, I have no doubt. Um, and just to start with, I mean, we kind of threw this into the introduction, but I guess for you to put a little more words to it, like how do you describe relationships beat algorithms in terms of a business approach? Yeah, I love it. It's such a good question. And I'm going to, I'm going to answer it with a little bit of context. So it gives meaning. So 
you know, like you hear my quote unquote bio, right? I have all the labels. I'm a 22 week New York Times bestseller, had a number one app in the world, made millions, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I didn't get there because I woke up one day and I'm like, I'm going to be a good human, right? When I started in this game of entrepreneurship, I I've been doing this 20 years and then really as like a quote unquote solo business owner, entrepreneur for maybe 12 And I remember back in the day, I would send spam emails and do shady affiliate marketing and do things that were taught and normal, but always left me feeling empty, uneasy, and quite frankly, with an empty bank account. I never understood how I could make a million and then it would dissipate out of my account and then it would never continue to grow, right? It would come and go and come and go. And over time, I started to realize that basically the results I were creating in my business were a direct reflection of how I was showing up in my life, like my level of self-awareness, my level of humanity, my level of healing, like who I was as a husband, as a father, as a human. And if you're listening to this and you haven't figured out that entrepreneurship or even conscious living is the fastest therapy session you can ever sign up for, well, here's your newsflash. You can't hide in entrepreneurship, right? It's up to us. And so I spent the first half of my entrepreneurial career doing what everybody else did, checking all the boxes, right? Like sending affiliate emails and affiliate blasting something I didn't believe in and selling my soul to the devil for a promotion on Instagram, right? Like I had millions of followers. I did it all. But the more I got from doing it, the less happy I became. And it was like I had this correlation of the more quote unquote successful I got, the more depressed I got, the more unhappy I got, the more out of alignment I got. And it just felt really, really off. And it was a hard, challenging point. And I hit a point, my wife was eight months pregnant. Uh, We were a couple weeks away from bankruptcy, like three weeks away. And I disappeared. I went into the jungle and spent 10 days in silence and breath work and healing modalities. And I started to realize that I was living a life completely incongruent to what mattered to me and what was important. And it was basically poisoning me. And so I came back And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I walked away from a seven-figure business overnight. I gave it away to my student as a Christmas present. Like, no joke, 24 hours. Signed the corporation documents over, the website, the social media, the Stripe, the bank accounts, everything. 24 hours. And I was hands clean of a company that I'd built and owned for six or seven years. And that was a pretty abrupt shift. Nobody was really supportive of that. Like, nobody was happy at all. (laughs) And I had to follow my gut. But what it gave me was perspective. And I, I stayed off the internet for three years. And I spent my time helping my friends and helping other people basically do what I always wanted to do, but I was afraid to do on my stuff, like care about your customers, fulfill on what you promise. And I went behind the scenes and all of a sudden, (laughs) all of a sudden these businesses started 10Xing, 20Xing, 30Xing, 100Xing, and I was turning the Titanic. And so basically what I aligned was the fact that there is no business if people don't achieve results and there's a human on the other side of everything. And so we live in a society that's instant gratification and marketing, like have it now. But I was like, instead of selling somebody three supplements, why don't we get them to use it and achieve the result? And so instead of buying three and never coming back, they buy three, they use all three, they get the result and then they use it forever and keep coming back and keep going. And because of my perspective of doing it what felt out of alignment and the quote unquote wrong way for me. And then knowing how I wanted to be treated and how I wanted to treat humanity and then doing my own healing work on my trauma and being on the receiving end and going into businesses as kind of Ryan Miranda named me the Oz, right? The wizard of Oz. Cause nobody knew it was me hmm. and starting to apply these principles of like, no one gets left behind. Everybody feels value, whether they give us their credit card or not, like 
relationships with our customers should be two-way value-based, not a one-way dictatorship. And I started applying these things. There was a massive correlation between the depth of the relationship and the amount of money that we made. And so I got evidence to contradict how I had showed up. And that's kind of where the approach came from. And so at the end of the day, there's no business for any of us if the people that buy our products or services don't achieve the desired result and can't talk positively about us. Like 86% of marketing is word of mouth. And Mm -hmm. if I see another person be like, hey, here's my seven-day guide to losing five pounds, and then 30 seconds later, they try to sell you 25 things and you never lose the five pounds, well, that's a failure in my opinion. If you promise somebody something in seven days, you have to help them get there. And if they don't, then they ask you for support. And so really the premise, the premise of what I teach is having integrity in what we offer and seeing it through to the finish line. Like I would never want to send my kid to school and the teacher be like, I told them to figure it out for the rest of the day. I'm like, no, help them get there, guide them, lead them. That's what we're doing is we're making that declaration. And so when I say relationships beats algorithms or that approach, it applies in marketing and business and systems. But the meta version is that the most important relationship you have in this life is the one with yourself. It's mm-hmm. the one that you're destined to be with, whether you like it or not, until the day you are no longer here. And that relationship informs the relationships with your team, which then informs the relationships with your customers. And so being in integrity with that, a lot of the challenges that companies have with marketing and messaging and scale simply can be remedied by getting back into the human side. What do we need? What's our team saying? What are our customers are saying? Get on the calls with them, fulfill on what's there, ask them questions, be open. And the roadmap is in front of us. So I basically try to remind humanity into business, humanity, nice. humanity, humanity. And so like Apple is a good example of like what it means. Can you imagine if you were only allowed at an Apple brick and mortar store, if you pre-purchased? No. Less than 10% of people that come in the store every day buy a product. The rest are getting touch points, but they get in and they get treated amazing. How can I help you? What are your needs? How can I support you? But yet most online businesses are like, I won't talk to you until you buy. Or once you buy, I'll never talk to you again, right? Or go somewhere else or email here. And so it's our responsibility to create these worlds that not only where we stand behind our marketing that like we are selling you this because we know this will get you to this after state and we know that we'll help you get there but also we've designed a journey in a container so that you have the best chance of succeeding at that not here i'm glad you bought it let me throw you out to the wolves and think that you can figure it out on your own and so that would be the shortest but also the most in-depth summary i could give you of what it means nice you know as you're saying this Questions are popping up. And I'm like, oh, I've got to ask that. And a new question comes up. Oh, I've got to ask that. So um, I'm first of all, I'm going to, you know, let you know, back me out of something if I get too personal. But oh, no, the, go for it. Everything's the first wide question open that pops up because I like to think that someone is going to hear this conversation at some point and they're in the middle of a situation where they're just looking to get out. Yeah. And they have people that they, you know, that they're committed to and, and they have a lifestyle and certain expectations that they're committed to. And I'm curious for you, you know, your wife's eight months pregnant and you vanish to the jungle for 10 months. Then you come back and you throw your company away. I'm ten being days, dramatic. Not but 10 months, 10 days, 10 days. 10 days excuse yeah. me. Um, even what are the conversations like that? What, what are the conversations <laughs> like with her as you're first, like I'm vanishing. And next, now that I'm back, um, we're this whole... How do you, 
Because I'm wondering, and I'm, I'm hoping someone, I'm not even sure if it's going to help someone hearing, but what's yeah. that conversation like where you have to give her your truth, you have to get her on board, you have to let her know that you're still there for her and that everything's going to be okay, all in tied up in one big bow so that you could move forward in both those actions. And it was, it was a nasty bow. Like that was, it was, there was a lot, there was a lot of entanglement, right? A lot of stuff there. Luckily, my wife is the one who basically called me to my potential, right? Like one answer, one tip to that is to always surround yourself with people who see you at your potential and hold you there and don't believe your excuses or your past. And that's a huge, huge part. And that's what my wife is for me. My wife has always seen me at my potential, not me as a drug addict, not me when I attempted suicide, not me with trauma and PTSD. Like she never saw any of that. She saw me, the guy with a heart who loves people and will give the shirt off his back to help people. And she held me there. And so my wife was a saint because basically she was like, finally, um, with a few choice words, right? Um, it only <laughs> took you five years to listen to me, right? Like a lot of those things, but uh, that was the easy conversation, but it was still hard. She was still pregnant. We didn't have much money left. I was wondering where the money was going to come from. And I walked away from an income generating asset because it was out of alignment. And I really had to take a leap of faith and trust, but I wasn't trusting quote unquote manifestation. I was trusting myself. I was trusting that in this life that I've lived with coming from drug abuse and sexual abuse and physical abuse and three combat deployments and 12 years on active duty, that regardless of the choice that I made, I could execute on that choice. Mm -hmm. And what I could no longer execute was on something that wasn't in alignment and I didn't believe in. And so when I look at life, life is a series of contracts and agreements, right? When you're married, you have a contract, whether written or unwritten. I do. Like, I want you home for dinner. I want you to sleep in our bedroom at night. I want you to tell me where you're going. I want you to pick up your dirty clothes, put your food away. Like, there are hundreds of agreements in our relationships, and we are either honoring them or we're dishonoring them. And if you dishonor them, you have to renegotiate them, right? Hey, this used to be important. I need to renegotiate. But communication is the key. And the truth is, is that if you can clearly communicate what's important to you and what's in alignment to you, anybody who belongs in your life will support you. Love it's it. when we advocate information, when we don't share the whole picture, when we're afraid to be seen and vulnerable and intimate. And I was, but I was also willing to have that conversation. And so before the conversations, it feels like the world is going to end, right? Like I remember... I canceled part of my book tour contractually to honor a commitment that I made to work on myself, to work on my marriage. And mm. so I told the publisher that I signed a contract with, I wouldn't be joining my co-author for six cities in a book tour of a New York Times bestselling book because me going to counseling with my wife on these dates for this event was more important. And that didn't go well. I haven't spoken to my co-author since then. I haven't spoken to my publisher. I avoided a contract and I'm as happy as a pig in poop because it was the best decision I've ever made. I have a four-year-old son because of it. I have a 16-year-old daughter who's happy and thriving because of it. I have the wife of my dreams, the business of my dreams. Was the conversation easy? No. Was the conversation worth protecting my morals, my values, my integrity, and my commitments? Yeah. And at the end of the day, my family always comes number one, regardless of what else is out there. And so the conversations beforehand always seem hard. The moment they're done, it feels like 10,000 pounds was lifted 
when they're the right. right conversation because what it feels like is breaking the chains of something that's not in alignment or not working or not serving me and it's there and also there's a there's a willingness to be wrong like i've made some choices and i'm like hey can i go and they're like yeah you can come back right like <laughs> i'm like good a little premature there right but mm. i think at the end of the day uh you really have to honor yourself and this is a game of progress like this is a never-ending game it's an infinite game entrepreneurship life human it's about every day becoming a couple points better, 1% better and being in the pursuit of it. And if there's something that comes up over and over and over and over and over again, that's misaligned or preventing you from being in your power or weighing down on you, it's time to start exploring it. But I will say that like that decision didn't come overnight. That was two and a half years in the making. That was me losing $50,000 a month, being unhappy, like going through team members, like it was a long process. And I got to an inflection point where nobody was coming to save me. Like no one else is going to be like, George, do it or not do it. None of my coaches, none of my teachers are going to be like, yes, no, because that's not what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to create a space and ask me questions that help me get to my own decision. Just like nobody can tell you, you know, whether you to stay with your partner or not, whether to stay in the business or not, whether to partner with them or not. And so you have to create the space to where you are comfortable going to bed with your head on the pillow with the choices that you've made, not with the results that come from those choices. Yeah. Now I'm hearing this and I'm assuming, of course, you know, and you're even describing it. I don't have to assume it. There's a tremendous sense of relief in this new process, but also there's a piece of stress because in that relief, you've, like you said, you got rid of your income generating asset and you've got to move forward in a certain direction. I'm wondering as you were you know, we'll call, I wouldn't say George 2.0 because you're probably George like 15.0 at this point, um, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say I'm like 15.0, but like 3% of the way to 100%, right? Like uh, it. it's a long game. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're dipping your toe in this new kind of pool, this new kind of experience and this new way of doing business. Is there a moment or a situation with that first or one of those first clients that really stood out to you that, that you had this affirmation of like, like you already knew that you were in, in alignment. But this gave you the indicator that you were in the right track in terms of the implementation and the execution of that decision. Yeah, it's really interesting because most of the validation I I seeked wasn't in the results of the business or strategies or tactics I knew because those were tools, right? Like you and I can walk into Home Depot and we can pick a hammer. There's plenty of hammers. The hammer does what a hammer does. Like customer journey and email marketing does what they do. And the intention behind it is what makes it different. And so I knew that like, and to this day, I'm still one of the best in the world at email marketing, but it's not that I quote unquote embedded email marketing. It's all the psychology and all the stuff underneath it that makes me effective in using the tool. And so I thought in the beginning that I was so good because I was a master at the tool, not the person using the tool. And Mm. um, my first consulting client was men's health. Uh, you want to talk about like a fast track, men's health, then vital proteins, then Reebok, then the LA Clippers, then Adidas, then on it, like Titleist. Like I skipped all of the leagues, like, and I went straight to the pros wow. and, um, the most validation I got is that men's health hired me after a keynote. It was the first keynote I ever gave. And as a part of that keynote, I talked about how I basically burnt everything to the ground because it was out of alignment. And I had a theory that if you do this with your customers and you treat them this way, that your success is inevitable and guaranteed. And I've never really implemented on a bigger business besides my own, but I knew it would work. And they hired me off that keynote with no track record, with no resume, with no anything. And Maria Rodale from Rodale Inc. trusted me 
and gave me a chance. And it was extremely validating because she didn't believe in my ability to do email marketing. She believed in me as the person who held the tools Mm. and then my ability to use the tools in the right order. And it was like, whoa. And what, what was validated for me was that it's okay to be me where I currently am and still be seen. It doesn't make me less of an authority. It doesn't make me less successful or less intelligent. It actually makes me more aware of my strengths and my skill sets by having integrity of my current situation. And um, it led me, it led me now, like one of my wise teachers said this to me, and and I don't remember where he heard it, um, but it's always a stark reminder for me. And he said, You know, when, uh, when somebody gives you a piece of advice, a master says, thanks for the reminder. And a rookie says, I already know. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like what it is, is like, ah, it's like to be seen in an integrity with who I am and where I am and my ability to use tools is what was so amazing. And so it was extremely validating for me. And it kind of skyrocketed me because over that next year and a half, 150 companies in consulting, I was on 160 flights in 12 months. And so I went from, I'm walking away from a business to my wife's eight months pregnant to having my first consulting client seven weeks later as men's health to then literally catapulting my career because I cut that anchor in that way. And all of it was really me seeking the feedback in the world for me to ultimately borrow courage and confidence from everybody else until I believed it to be true about myself. You know, it's interesting to hear you say that because it sounds to me like they borrowed courage and confidence from you in seeing your approach and seeing your philosophy. And it's almost like they hired you um, in part because you were, without announcing that you were going to do it to them specifically, you announced that you're going to give them permission and freedom to be in alignment with themselves and follow you to the promised land, follow you across the finish line. That's what I'm getting based on what you described there. And what I, what I love about that, what I love about business and coaching and team and all of it is like, you can have the best coach in the world, but the coach can't run the race for you. The coach can give you inputs, but we can always see your race Hmm. from an objective perspective. But in that pocket, we also find our race. We find our skill set, And so we always borrow with each other and that's what team is. And so, yeah, it was easy for me to look at a company and I'm like, oh yeah, like I can double this company in like literally two weeks if we add this and this and this, right? But when I'm looking at it, it's easy. But pre, I wouldn't be like, yeah, I can double your company because I'm not really living there yet. So by having that experience of them, I'm like, it can be done. I believe it and I hold it for them. They borrow some for me and then we get the results and they give me feedback and they give me validation. God, this does work. This does matter. We're happier the financial results didn't even matter. Like we as a team are happier, I'm happier. And the results came and then I borrow some of that. And I feel like that's really the effectiveness of leadership. Like leadership isn't telling everybody what you did. It's showing everybody what you're doing every day. And it's walking the walk every day. Like I tell my mastermind students, I tell everybody, I'm like, I can't do it for you and nobody else can. I can't pull you. I can't push you. I'm like, but we can walk hand in hand because we're all walking up the same mountain, right? We just have different perspectives and different skill sets. And so I'll stay there with you and I'll walk and I'll walk and I'll walk. But I really think that that's what leadership is. And I also think that the faster you understand that, like entrepreneurship, life in general, like when we look at it, you know, there's no finish line, right? None. And you don't want the finish line per se, right? It's the last breath that you take. You don't want that finish line. Mm. 
And so a lot of times we'll create these ambiguous ones that set us up for disappointment or failure or, you know, resentment or a new insecurity to pursue and all of it. But really at the end of the day, life for me, the ultimate finish line is awareness. It's awareness because awareness puts me in the position to choose, right? And so every day we work together with our counterparts, with our students, with other companies to increase our level of awareness, to increase our confidence in ourselves, to look at situations, to look at the field and be like, God, there's 8 million ways I could go. And let me call on my experience. Let me call on my scars, my wounds, my wins. And be like, ah, based on that and my intuition, which path might be the best? And then we choose to respond to it. And we choose and choose and choose. And I feel like we use each other in the best way possible to sharpen each other. My clients sharpen me. I sharpen them. My students, like, I mean, like, it's, it's still weird to me to this day that I have entrepreneurs that are like my business partners that pay me absorbent amounts of money. And they're my friends. And they won't ever let me stop charging them. And I pay them back. And it's like this circle that we all support each other in. And it's such a beautiful thing. But yeah, that's, that's kind of how I would see it. You know, it's um, even for people watching on video, the way Zoom's working, at least with my settings, you only see the person when they're talking. And I say that because even the people on video don't realize that after this, I'm going to have to get like some Gatorade or something because I'm giving my neck a workout from all the nodding in agreement that I'm doing as you're describing this. So um, thank you for all that. Now, just to, to yeah. pull the curtain back a little and get a r- little granular with the understanding that the way this work happened for you, it could happen for other people in a myriad of different ways where they're taking action, where actions are being taken for them. It's a combination. But with that said, just out of curiosity to paint the picture a little more about your specific thing, you have that keynote for men's health. Did you get on their radar by reaching out? Did they so happen just to be at the event? Like how did that part work out? They were just sitting in the audience. So you weren't even looking at, they, you had no clue that you'd even work with them. You were, you didn't have an inkling. You weren't going after them. You just did, you just did you. You were George doing your thing. They happened to be there. And then it unfolded. You want to get really granular. Here's what happened. So this is the moment. This is the moment. I am sitting in a room full of entrepreneurs. I got a phone call from Sean Stevenson, big one um, from the model health show, uh, massive podcast. And he calls me and said, Hey, uh, I miss you, man. I just felt like checking in. I want you to come up and spend the day with me. And I'm like, dope. So I drive up and I was like, where are you? He's like, oh, I'm at Jim Quick's house. And I knew Jim. And I was like, oh, you're at Jim's house. Cool. I'll come up. And I had no idea. I come up and I walk into this invite only mastermind. It's invite only mastermind. And I'm looking around the room, Aubrey Marcus, Drew Canoli, Organifi, um, Onnit, Cynthia Pasquela, um, Ian, Michael Fishman. I mean, like the best of the best, the cream of the crop and the health and wellness entrepreneurs, like combined revenue, like 600 million. And I'm three weeks away from bankruptcy and I'm sitting in the room and Sean just knows me as a friend and punched my ticket. And so we're going in this room and we're, we're share. Oh, Tucker Max is there. Like I'm, I'm remembering everybody who's here now we're going to the room, and I was like, how are you? However, everybody gives these amazing updates and they get to me. And I'm like, I have a choice in this moment. Do I tell them what they want to hear or do I tell them how miserable, how depressed and how close I am? And so I did. They asked me how it was. I'm like, I'm miserable. I was like, I'm three weeks away from bankruptcy. My wife is eight months pregnant. She's about to pop. I'm on notice. I have no idea. And nobody said anything. They just acknowledged me for being authentic, like just for being honest. And we stayed in the room. We stayed in the room and somebody asked a question like three hours later about organic Facebook. And I had grown my Facebook page to like 300,000 people organically post-algorithm change when everyone said it was broken. And I was like, guys, that won't work. Can I show you what would work? 
And they're like, yeah. And so I go answer for two minutes. They're like, no, 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 no. Do it again. I end up teaching this 45 minute class on what I would do. And one of them looked at me and they're like, will you help me with this? I'm like, well, I just did. And they're like, no, no, no. Can I pay you? I'm like, why would you pay me? And they're like, cause this information is valuable. And I was like, I can get paid to teach you. <laughs> and he's, and you have to remember, I was a food blogger. My first entrepreneurial journey was food blogging. I didn't know about consulting. I didn't know about any of this stuff. And they're like, yeah. And so there were 22 people in the room and 20 of them like, we'd hire you. And I was like, oh my God. And then Michael Fishman looked at me and he's like, hey, I have this event in a couple of weeks called the Consumer Health Summit. It's like to all the, to all the top health companies. I would love if you came and taught them how to love their customers. And I was like, okay. And so I said yes to that. And then so of that people in that room that day, 20 of them ended up hiring me. And then three weeks later was the keynote where I gave my first keynote and men's health was in the audience and uh, 11 other clients that I ended up working with by just saying yes and being authentic. And so wow. from a granularity perspective and like men's health hired me and they're like, how much? I'm like, I don't know. Um, I'll come out to your office for three days. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, and I literally made it up. I'm like, and at the end of it, if it was worthwhile, will you pay me 15 grand? And they're like, that's it. I'm like, yeah, that's it. And then I turn around and I'm like, that's it. What are you talking about? Like, that's everything. Mm. And you know, that was it. And I went out and I did it. And that kind of skyrocketed from that point on. But from a granularity perspective, like it all happened in like four weeks for me letting go me saying it in that room. When I left that room is when I went in silence. Then I came back, did that keynote. And then I didn't take a day off for three years. So I am, I'm really glad that I asked you that question, George. And I want to underscore a few things for the audience um, because there, there's so many amazing pieces of that when you get granular. First of all, people hear the story of I was down and I came into alignment and then boom, this happened. But I want to underscore for people that you were already awesome to a certain extent where you already had that friendship before the big turnaround. And I mention that because there are people listening right now that they feel like they have to have this grand moment as if they're not already awesome, as if they don't already have friends, and also Mm -hmm. as if they don't already have the opportunity to get better and do better and be better in whatever situation, even when when they're working their way towards alignment, towards congruence, because some people can't get there overnight. So I wanted to underscore that you were already doing great things, even if you weren't identifying that you were on a certain level. But I, I also want to identify here that you then you, you boosted it. The real momentum, the real secret sauce was because you were in alignment and you weren't scared to say that truth and to say the thing that wasn't, that you didn't perceive to be the most popular thing in the room. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, which I always, you know, we, we understand this and like a lot of my listeners do too, but just to always underscore it, you were just giving value. You weren't trying to get paid. You were just trying to do a good thing for someone. You were, you were raised your hand. You said, let me do this. So I want to underscore all those things and thank yeah. you for the granular details because that's where all the magic is because people don't have to follow that path, but I think they need to hear that it really does come across the board in so many different ways. Yeah, what I think is, and I'm going to pull one of those threads for you because what I think is really interesting is that when entrepreneurs are alone or human beings are alone, the amount of dissonance that we create is mind boggling. Like 80% of your memory is made up. It's your brain connecting dots to have 20% accuracy. And its only job is to keep you alive, to help you survive, which typically means keep you stuck or think there's trauma so you don't do anything to put yourself at risk. And when you really start to think about it, that dissonance keeps us stuck. And so what really happened in that room is that apparently 
I was somewhat successful because I had done this. I was a New York Times bestseller, had an app, but I only saw it as a failure. I saw it as this thing I had to walk away from, and I was losing 40 grand a month, and it was this source of tension, and I didn't make it, and blah, blah, blah. And it took somebody asking a question and me talking for two minutes for the entire room to invalidate that dissonance and collapse it to like, holy moly, this isn't even about the business. It's about just me. Man, I don't see myself at all. Mm. Where do I not see Mm -hmm. myself? And then that collapsed into, well, this is who I really am, and I'm willing to own my experience, to own that today's an off day, that I'm off, that it's been hard and it's been challenging. And really what those two things did was collapsed all my dissonance and put me in a position of integrity in my current state, which means the moment I know where I am on a map, I can put in any destination I want and get directions to get there. But the moment I pretend to be somewhere I'm not, I can never move forward. And so that moment was the moment where I was so, I don't want to say triggered. I was almost so overwhelmed that my only choice was surrender. And I'm glad that it happened because it was like I was at my roots. I didn't have any energy left to live out of alignment, to pretend somebody I'm not, to lie about numbers, to be an influence. Like I was just so done. I created a container that basically broke me to surrender in the best way possible. And really, that's what the point was, is that like, and regardless, in that moment, if any of them hired me or any of them keynoted, I still would have left winning because I was me and Mm -hmm. I was okay being me and I was okay being seen. And like, that is the best place to be. And it just so happens (laughs) when you show up like that, or even when you choose to align into that in the moment, you basically become irresistible, like irresistibly. And like to this day, it's actually a tool that I use to live in integrity. Like I've given hundreds of keynotes, like hundreds of them. And everybody laughs at me. They're like, did you really call yourself out in the middle of that keynote? I'm like, yeah, I did. Like, I'll say something. And I'm like, wait, hold on. That was just for my ego. You did not need to know the number. Apparently I'm a little insecure right now. And then everybody (laughs) laughs and I like go on with the talk. And they're like, was that a joke? I'm like, no, that was serious. Like that was me holding myself in accountability. Like, you just needed to know I helped the company. You didn't need to know that I got paid 130 grand for it. That was my ego. Mm. And they're like, oh my God. And it's this thing that I've kind of practiced that for me has been my fastest path to integrity with my own healing and with myself. Because if I can hold myself accountable, it just naturally kind of permeates around me. And so I, I did want to say that, um, you know, regardless of where you are, in my opinion, one of the worst things that a human or an entrepreneur can do is be alone because mm. that echo chamber is like a cesspool that never stops swirling. And typically, the reason I was always addicted to being alone was because I was more comfortable in the trauma and the chaos of it than I was in calmness and simplicity. So I knew that if I called Andrew, I'm like, Andrew, my whole life is ending. He'd be like, bro, do you know how good you are? I'm like, don't tell me that because that's uncertainty. And I struggled for years because I had certainty and predictability and chaos and pain. Mm. What I didn't have was certainty and predictability and my ability to create whatever I wanted and the ambiguity that would come from being happy. I love that. And that's a deep, deep, deep thought. But I had to understand that a lot of entrepreneurs, and I'll speak to entrepreneurs, we come from paradigms of like, you're not good enough. You won't make it. And we're like, oh, yeah? Watch. Right. And then we like go make it. We carve a path and boom. And it's easy when it's driven by that insecurity. But when you start to heal those wounds and you start to really get out of it, 
and you start to have that life because entrepreneurs all the time, they tell me the same three things. I've coached thousands of people. Like, what do you want? They're like more time, more money, more freedom. And I was like, cool, like how much? And the Mm. first thing is they can't tell you how much, right? And then the second part is the moment you give it to them, they don't know what to do with it because it requires a deep relationship with self. And so it's one of those things that you have to constantly practice. Like presence is a muscle. Stillness is a muscle. Boredom is a muscle. And we live in a society that atrophies those muscles. And so we live in this illusion that like, oh, when I work and I get success, I just work more. I work more. And I'm like, well, you're sacrificing your life to build a business that you can never enjoy instead of building a business that supports your life. But that means as a human and as an entrepreneur, you have to practice that relationship with yourself first, which full circles into kind of my whole approach. Love this. So, so much out of this and quick little sidebar. I love how, you know, you're in the middle of a keynote and you're like, Oh, disregard that part. And the fact that even though they laugh, they're surprised because all of us are so used to that being the way it is, you know, giving that extra detail to prop yourself up. And they're not even going, Oh, you know, he's so insecure, but no, that's, that's just the way they speak because they think that's the way business is done where like, you're basically graduating to a higher level. And you know, whether you mean to or not, you're kind of shining that spotlight on them also. That's part of the reason why it's so funny. I think because like, yeah, people, you know, people we're, we're kind of weird like that. We've got our issues in that way. Yeah. Well, I love to my favorite one, my favorite one, (laughs) like even at my events, like I just did an event in person, we had a hundred entrepreneurs. Right. And somebody walked up, they're like, Hey, good morning. I'm like, good morning. Like, how are you? I'm like, Oh, I feel like shit. (laughs) <laughs> and they look me dead in the eye and they're like, what? I'm like, why well, do I'm like, I'm happy, but I physically feel like shit. And they're like, oh, I'm like, yeah, I just can't give that obligatory. Like, oh, I'm good. It just feels like a lie to me. Like when I ask you how your morning is like, tell me how your morning is. Like I'm asking because I want to know. Mm, I love it. And, <laughs> and it's those simplicities that like make a big difference. Like I come home from the gym and my wife's like, you look miserable. I'm like, I am. And she's like, but you worked out. I'm like, yeah, but I don't feel good right now. Like I'll feel better tomorrow. And I think it's just this really important thing to like honor it and play with it because it's so much easier to just always be you than it is to try to be something else or a facade and try to hold it up. And I'm like, no, like this is it. This is it. Yeah. I don't think people really appreciate the weight of the facade because they live with it so long that it just, it's kind of like, it's like someone, you know, they, they wear heavy gear all day and it just becomes a part of it where if they could only just drop the gear and just, you know, run without that, there'd be the sense of, of relief, of ease, of joy, of, of happiness, of contentment, of fulfillment, both physically and mentally and emotionally while we're at it. So that really resonates as you say. Then quick little sidebar in case the audience is wondering, when George popped on today and I asked how he was, he did not say he felt like shit. So we're, nope, we're in nope. a good spot. He's like, how are you? I'm like, I'm really good. Sorry I was late. I just finished the podcast. I have to upload this and I got to pee. And he's like, okay. And I was like, now you know everything. Now yep. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm like, let me stop that recording. We'll start a new one just because, you know, we, we don't begin. We'll, we'll uh, have the middle of the podcast mentioning the pee, but we don't want to begin it with it. Right? Yeah. it's about, I'm like, I'm kind of like right off the front. But you know, what's funny is like, it just led me to a thread. Like, you know, you asked earlier, like what was really validating about like the first client? Well, you know, I just had an event. Uh, with a hundred people, you know, and I've done plenty of events and I've done a lot of them, but literally the best compliment I receive is when someone's like, man, you're exactly in person, how you are online. Mm. Like that is like the 
ultimate comment for me. Like there's no better way to fill my gas tank. Cause they're like, people come, they're like, no, there's no way you could be this way online. Did you really send me a video message? Wow. You really came to know me. You knew my name. Like, I'm like, yes, I care. Like, I want to meet you. I'm not interested in checking a box and it's like the ultimate compliment, but you know, it's funny. I have, I have my students ask me all the time. They're like, George, how, how do you remember all these people's names? Like, how do you do this? I'm like, I just don't do anything else except this. Like, this is integrous to me, right? Like, I'm not worried about what I said to them or what I said on the interview or if they liked me or not, because I was just saying the same thing. And so it's really easy to be present when you're just being yourself all the time. And like, mm. I have people call me and they're like, I've had people ask me questions. Like, can you, I'm like, I can't, I feel like crap. I'm the worst person to ask for advice right now. And they're like, I'm paying you for coaching. I'm like, yeah, I'm giving you the best coaching I can give you. Call me tomorrow. Call me tomorrow. Like, I, I don't want to give you a half ass version. I'm, and then they all love me for it, right? Because they'll call me like, oh man, I'm glad. I didn't have a question anyways. It was actually kind of perfect. I'm like, yeah, it's perfect. We honor where we are and it creates a massive result. And so, you know, like just, I, I think if, if anything, like I always tell people, you know, like if I was to look at success for everybody and this, this has been coming up, I've been on, on coaching calls over a thousand people in the last three weeks. I've been saying yes to a lot of group coaching for friends and the same three things keep coming up. And everyone's like, what are the secrets? And I'm like, do you want the three of them? They're like, yeah, I'm like, cool. Stillness, self-care and self-reflection. You're welcome. Guaranteed success. I was like, and those are not the easiest things to practice. Practice sitting still in boredom for an hour a day. No mm. phone, no notebook, no music, like stare at nature. And I was like, care for yourself, regardless of what you do, sleep, eat, move, fill your brain, be happy. And they're like, uh-huh. And then reflect. I'm like, and then measure yourself against your inputs every single day and then make adjustments. And the secret to all of those working is integrity. It's integrity mm. with yourself, right? Like, I have people all the time, like entrepreneurs, are like George, it's so hard. I'm like, no, you're lazy. They're like, I can't sleep. I'm like, that's because your phone's in your room. Leave it in the kitchen. They're like, well, what do I use for my alarm? I'm like, go buy an analog alarm clock from fucking Walmart. What do you think you're supposed to do? What did we do before iPhones? I'm like, because I'll tell you right now, when you can't fall asleep at 11 p.m., scrolling through Instagram isn't going to help. Mm -hmm. Right? And I was like, because you can show me your habits and you can show me your containers and I can show you your success. Because commitment isn't feelings. But I can also guarantee you that if every day you prioritize stillness, self-care, and self-reflection, it's a guaranteed win game. It can be scheduled. Love it. Yeah. Knowing so, that I like I'm like rantastic today. Like I could just go on rant. I, I, I got see, I got you on a good day. Uh, if I got you on a bad day, like, yo, Andrew, let's do this tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> so no, keep going. Ask my question. I'm like fired up now. I'm already covered in sweat. Like, let's go. So, you know what? That's actually perfect for my next question because knowing that you don't mince words, just, you know, you know, uh, go a little bit deeper into who you are. Yeah. What in your life and in your business right now fills you with the most inspiration and fulfillment today? Yeah. Oh, man. That is such a good question. Um, this is such a, oh, I'm going to cry. Uh, so I'm going to go with my life first. So I get the, the tears out and I love crying by the way. It's like, I'm waterworks over here. It makes me feel good. Um, proudest moment in my life. Uh, so I have a 16 year old daughter and I have a four and a half year old son. And because of my life, uh, I've grown up very codependent. I've had to do a lot of work on codependency, being attached to others and trying to care for others because of my trauma. And I vowed that I was going to break the generational pattern of drug abuse and sexual abuse and physical abuse. And we were going to raise healthy children. And I am the first offspring 
uh, of my family to have children and I am the first one to break the pattern. And so what I love so much about my day is that my four and a half year old loves me when he sees me, but the moment I leave is just as happy with anybody else, with my daughter, with other adults, with the nanny, like I'm like chopped liver. And as a parent, that is one of the hardest and most rewarding things ever because he's independent and he's confident and he loves himself and he loves everybody, which means he's also not codependent on me, which means I've healed that. And we have a very healthy father son relationship. So I'm a bachelor this week because him and my wife and daughter are out of town and I'm crying myself to sleep because I miss him. And I call him and say, dad, I don't want to talk. I'm playing. And I'm like, okay, got it. I got some more stuff to do here. Uh, But it just makes me so happy because he's so full and it's just a testament to the work that I've done and the healing I've done to come from the trauma that I've come from to be where I am today. And so I'm just incredibly proud of my commitment to the work and seeing a real world example of my commitment to the work come to fruition is the thing that I am most proud of in my personal life. Um, and it's a similar thread in business. Um, I love what I do. Uh, coaching's hard. <laughs> you kind of have to be a special person to hold space for people at their potential. Um, because some of my students that I love, they're family members, but I have been their worst enemy, their best friend, their hero, their enemy, their saboteur, and their best friend, like on so many different occasions. And what I love is that my life has given me the stories and the experiences and the capacity to hold space for people at their potential and to love them through their journey. And Mm -hmm. the most rewarding thing that I get every day is recording my podcast and doing my coaching calls for my group coaching, for my mastermind and for my team and watching people unlock different levels of their brightness and their life and their business and live it and know that they could do it all without me. And I just get to be a witness to all of it. And they get to bask in their glory. Like it is one of the most rewarding things ever to watch these people 10x, 20x, 30x their business. But here's what's funny. Then realize that's not what they wanted. And they go spend more time living their life and with their family and traveling and being in alignment. And uh, I've been coaching people since 2002. So we're going on what, 19 years now. And I feel like today in 2021 is the first time I can really say that I believe in my abilities as a coach and I know what I'm doing. Wow. Um, And I have so much to learn, but I feel like I have now after 19 years trusted myself to mix personal development and practice and stillness and meditation and breath work and business and strategies and tactics and work on the whole picture and kind of unapologetically own that is yeah. one of my favorite moments. Because uh, my mastermind members laugh at me because they just came to Montana too. And they're like three days and we each got an hour of strategy. And I was like, yep. And they're like, and we all tripled our businesses in a month. And I'm like, yep. And they're like, wow. you're weird. And I'm like, yeah, you can't learn about all my Trojan horses. But that, that for me, Andrew, because uh, you asked for depth um, and I've actually never answered that question. Um, that's my proudest moment. Uh, in business and in, in my personal life is, is witnessing those things and trusting myself enough to play at both games. That's amazing. You know, just going a little bit deeper on this, because, you know, you mentioned unapologetic, which I love. Yep. And you also mentioned how one of the things you've been to these people is their worst enemy. And I'm interpreting that as because you're the person that tells them like it is, that holds them accountable, that holds them their, their feet to the fire. So really it's like it's tough love. That's what I'm getting out of that. 
And yeah. assuming I'm correct, a question I have for you is, has there ever been recently a moment where you've got to really, um, sh- you know, you've got to give that tough love and you hesitate or you feel like this person can't handle it? Do you ever feel like, do you ever feel bad? Like, I hope I'm not like traumatizing this person too much to get them. I know I'm going to get them over the top, but I'm still hesitant. Does that ever happen as a coach? Yeah. So here, yeah, that's a really good question. So uh, the old me used to be the tough love guy, but I realized that I was enabling people. So I would give the answer. I'd give it like hard, like, well, you should do this. Boom, 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 boom. Um, But what I was doing was handing them a fish and then expecting them to know how to fish. Mm. And so uh, where I am in my evolution now is that, you know, the secret to successful coaching is asking good questions, right? Uh, 99.9% of the time, the person you're coaching already knows the answer. They're looking for a permission slip to trust themselves, right? Oh. And that's the game. Yeah. And so most of the time that I met and like Whitney, my mastermind will tell you, Ashley Fernandez, she'll start her messages and she's like, don't you dare call me whiny. I know I'm being whiny, but I just need to whine. And I'm like, I love you, girl. I'm not answering that. Um, but most of the time, the quote unquote tough love now comes from the space that I hold for people because I won't give an answer. I'll be in it with you. Like I will be in the mud with you and I will figure it out with you, but it's your game to figure out. And that can be frustrating at times. Like I call my coaches. I have nine coaches, right? And I'm like, my life's in shambles. Tell me. And he responds, sit with it longer. And I'm like, oh, I hate this. Mm. Uh, and that's when I, because it forces an edge on me. It forces me to find my range and find my depth and get comfortable in that discomfort so I can come up with my own solution. And so a lot of the times, most of them get mad at me because I don't say anything. And they're like, just tell me. I'm like, tell you what? (laughs) And they're like, oh, my God. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, I'm just a mirror. And that's really, you know, what it is. But I love it. And, yeah, um, there used to be a time. And here's here's a really self-aware answer. Um, there used to be times where I would say, I can't say this because they can't handle it. But what really was, was I shouldn't say this because this is me projecting. Mm. Okay. So because, because if it's, it's never about what they can handle, it's always about where's my come from and sharing. Now, are there times that I coach now intuitively and I cross a little bit of a line, not with fierceness, but just like, boom. And they're like, yeah, like that doesn't land. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. Right. And it's really just to kind of be in the flow of it. But, um, you know, my job isn't to break people. It's also not to push people. It's to hold space for people to create a container that their potential can fill up. But regardless of how full the container is, where they are is perfect. Like that's my job. So, um, full disclosure to the audience right now, especially on video, I'm just like not even taking a drink of my water because I'm speaking right now, but this is my first opportunity to speak. And this is my visual cue because I'm going to speed to this part of the conversation later on when I'm doing some editing, because yeah. I'm going to go back the past four minutes and hear your answer again. And I'm mentioning that because it's probably going to be, I'm probably going to take something out of that as the teaser for this. But I also, of all the really insightful things that you've said, I think the past four minutes people have got to go back to and listen to. So that's, that's my little visual cue so I can find it. And I hope people will know to kind of hit their wine button where, you know, wherever they're viewing this, whether it's YouTube or, or Apple or whatever it might be. Um, amazing answer. Again, I'm, I'm going to pat myself on the back for asking these questions. Cause so they're um, good. They're good. Not like I got to give you kudos. They're good. 
they're good, good questions. Like, and, and like every year that question will deem a different answer and that's okay because that answer speaks to where I am in my progress, where I am in my journey. And really like, I, I do a lot. Like I, I, I practice breath work. I do consciousness work. I do men's work. I do energy work. I do, I have all my teachers. I've done a lot of modalities and it's really, really interesting because the more I do, the more I love falling in love with the process and the knowing and not knowing at the same time. Like mm-hmm. I love the edges that these questions bring up, but I, I really like what's so nuts. And like, here's, here's the hardest part, Andrew, is that like, three years ago, I look at all my students and they were making millions, millions. I would give them every, I'm like, do this, do it. Cause it was so easy to see. Right. But then two years later, they still feel the same way because it was just a bandaid. I just kept running their race form and running their race form. And, and then I was like, Oh my God. And I see it so clearly now. And then now on the other side, it's like, I ask questions where sometimes the results quote unquote revenue business or life-wise are a little bit delayed but they come as a result of the person being different and then sustaining those results over a long time. And it's just a really interesting perspective. And one of my teachers is Jeff Spencer. He's um, he was Lance Armstrong's chiropractor, Tiger Woods coach. He's a mindset and performance coach. So he's responsible for over 70 gold medals in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's an Olympian himself. And he's one of my teachers. He's also a dear friend of mine. He's like a dad to me. And um, you know, one of the things that I always use sports analogies is because he is like one of the best in the world. And it doesn't matter how much coaching Jeff gives me, Jeff can never run my race. At the end of the day, I'm the one responsible for putting into practice to putting into practice what is shared with me as an input to help me perform at my capability. And one of the things that I've always learned from him is that like the most effective coaching is simple and that allows space. And it's like, I could give you a thousand answers and you won't remember any of them. Or I could ask you a question that makes you think of one. And then I have the patience and the willingness to hold that edge until you go do it. And regardless of the result, be willing to look at it with you. Mm -hmm. And so I might give you this one question that changes your training and recovery to prioritize your sleep. And you come in second place. And literally we might look at it and be like, God, based on everything, your capability, your capacity, your performance, like that is an ultimate win. That is the best that we had. And then we look at it. Well, how can we stretch it? And you might win. And then it's like, cool, how can we do it again? But it's just this willingness to play and to hold space over and over and over again. But the most effective coaching, the most effective leadership, the most effective business, the most effective path to success will always boil down to simplicity every single time. Love it. You, um, you strike me obviously as a very in the moment type of person. And it makes me wonder, or do you, you know, what, what's next for George or is there a next that's in mind? Like, are you kind of flying by the seat of your pants or are you envisioning certain things and going to a certain direction that you're determining as you move forward? Yeah. So, uh, when I get interviewed, like I feel like seat of the pants, but like today I've had three hours of calls and the other six hours of my day were spent in reflection, meditation and visioning, right? Like very, very clear. And so one of the things that I don't do is I don't attach myself or get romantic to what the clarity of the vision looks like. Like I can dream board with you all day, but I don't get attached to if like the color of the jet on the board matches, even though I don't have a jet on my board, right? It doesn't make sense to me. But like the house on the farm doesn't look the same, right? What I look for is a term that we use in my mastermind time called fuzzy goals, fuzzy Mm -hmm. goals. 
All I need to ensure is that the actions I'm taking every day are moving me forward towards that goal. And if I have 179 degrees to play with, because a lot of the times action is what creates the feedback to make adjustments to chart the path. And so entrepreneurship life in general is a lottery. Even with our life, we can have aspirations to be X, Y, and Z, but we're really playing the lottery. It's a game of guessing and testing over an extended period of time. And so I know in a general direction where I want to go. I want my podcast, my mastermind, and me facilitating live events to be my retirement project. And it just so happens that I'm already doing all of those things and I love what I do. And those things are funding uh, a school that my wife is opening, a rescue farm, a nonprofit that we have, the money that we donate, real estate investments in crypto, and boom, boom, boom. And there's a lot of stuff there. But what I check in every day is my queen bee role. Like I know my job. I'm the relationship guy. My job is to fulfill my coaching, to be in a relationship with as many people as possible, to send 20 to 100 video messages a day and to record podcasts. Like that's literally what I do every single day. That's my job. My team handles the rest of it. But all of those every day, I ask myself, is this aligned to the man that I want to be in 10 years? And I was like, as a husband, as a father, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, is what I'm doing today in alignment. And 99.9% of the time it is at this point, but that's because I have crystal clarity about who I want to be, not necessarily what it looks like, but I want to be the guy that creates content. I want to be the guy that does coaching and facilitates events. Like if I could do nothing more for the rest of my life, I would do an event a day. Like I love it. I love seeing people and humans and stuff like that. And so now, because I have clarity of what I want it to look like, like in that direction, I can show up energetically and free willed and in the moment because it's really simple. Is this thing moving me towards that vision? Is this relationship? Yeah, totally. Relationships will always move me towards my vision. And so now I just get to revel in that instead of being like, oh, I can't. I got to go do these 28 things on this checklist that make me completely miserable and prevent me from doing my vision. I can get really clear on where I spend my time and how I do it. And so, yeah, I'm pretty intentional about who I want to be. Um, and it starts from like who I want to be as a, myself, right? Nice. Like what's important to me. And self-care is something that I've neglected. It was a way that I punished myself as a child. I was bulimic. I struggled with eating disorders. I self-harmed. And then I became an addict to working out and to opiates and everything else. And so temperance is my secret. Like temperance is my secret. Like people laugh. And I was like, no, no, if I can just move every day for 20 minutes, the amount of self-love I get out of that is mind blowing. Cause I'm not trying to win everything anymore and trying to break everything and tie records. I was like, so temperance is my key. And so for me, self-care is the most important. Like I want you and me and my family to be able to see how healthy and happy I am based on how I care for myself, how much I sleep how calm I am, how present I am. And so that's what I prioritize for me. And then I prioritize my family as a husband, as a father. And then what's left over, I prioritize into my business. Nice. I'm at a, a dangerous crossroads because I'm, I'm loving this conversation. I can either wrap it up with a few questions or keep you stuck for four hours. So um, but <laughs> we can always do round two. We can always do round two. Yeah. <laughs> you, you might hear from me about that, but um. Before we close things out, I did want to, you know, I should have said this actually at the beginning, but I want to give a special thanks to Gabe Arnold, who connected yeah. us. Gabe shot us both, you know, one of those, um, you know, awesome introductions on Facebook. And um, I just remember, he's like, Andrew, you, you should know this person. You've got to know this person. And, you know, it's Gabe Arnold. If he, and I love pe Gabe. 
people know Gabe because he was also a guest on my show. And, and, you know, anyone that knows Gabe knows that when he says you need to know someone, you just listen. You have no judgment around it. And obviously this, this conversation has more than affirmed that if I ever needed it to. So quick thank you to Gabe. Thanks, uh, Gabe. For- and Gabe, thanks for jumping in the lake with me when you came to Montana. Boom. You heard that from first over here, Gabe. Um, cool. So with that said, obviously I want to ask here, if people want to connect with you, George, they yeah. want to learn more about what you do, maybe even reach out, maybe even work with you. What is the best way for them to do so? What's the best place for them to go to? Yeah, I love it. The best place is my podcast. Cause here's the thing. If you can't listen to one of my podcast episodes, you're never going to get along with me in my world. Right. So make sure my slice of crazy is your slice of crazy. Make sure it's your flavor, which is why I called it the mind of George show, because I think it belongs in a straight jacket. So I just share the safe parts with you on the podcast. Um, so the podcast is called the mind of George show. Uh, it's on all the platforms. Our website is mindofgeorge.com, but you know, we have the podcast and that's the best place. I share everything, um, you know, on how to work with me, but I really tell everybody, I, I pour my heart and soul into every episode. Like my goal is that you listen and have everything you need to implement to then come back at a different level and get another piece and get another piece. And so uh, I give away all the secrets and then I want you in the community for consistency and world domination. So that's kind of how I play. And so it's all over at the podcast. I love it. You know, well, people have no excuse because for their convenience, I'm going to put the links um, in the YouTube description or people are watching this on video. And for those um, checking this out in audio, I'm going to put this at shatteredandmillpodcast.com, all the links where this episode resides will be nice and easy for people to click last question. And uh, it's almost a little anticlimactic one because of the conversation we've had and two, because you've been said in passing, you you've heard a play on this question even today already, but I'm going to ask my version anyway, because I'm dying to curiosity. If you George could go back in time and it's going to be 10 years, 15 years, 25 years, anytime and give an earlier version of yourself, any piece of advice, whether it's life advice, business advice, relationship advice, it doesn't matter. Any kind of piece of advice, what would you give that earlier version of yourself? Mm, I love this question. Um, And I just came up with a new answer in this moment. So um, consistency will grace. Consistency with grace will always trump intensity with judgment. Ooh, That's a George Bryan original I just had in that moment. Consistency with grace will always trump intensity with judgment. At the end of the day, all we can control is our intention and our energy. We can never control the outcome or the results that come from those. But we can always have integrity with that. And we can be really clear that our intention was a 10 and our energy was a 10. And we get the result. But as my buddy Jim Quick says, you can never be upset about the results you don't have from the work you didn't do. And so if you can be consistent with grace, this is a game of improvement and marginal improvement over a sustained period of time creates maximal results. And so set yourself up to win, encourage yourself, reward yourself. If going to the gym is your goal, just getting into the parking lot might be your win. You don't have to go crush an hour because anything you do consistently over an extended period of time will basically guarantee your success. So I will leave my, my piece of coaching because I will remember and I'm going to have to write this down. Uh, consistency with grace will always trump intensity with judgment. Wow. George, I could not think of a better note to close this interview out on. And I want to thank you for, for sharing one, for being so willing to, to be so open, share those intimate details, really give people an accurate picture of who you are and the path and the journey that you've been on so that they can emulate and find their own path um, in honor of that. So thank you so much for taking this time. Thank you for being you. And um, just thank you for all this gold that you've dropped throughout the podcast. I really appreciate you, man. 
Yeah, and and I wanna I wanna say this, everybody. Uh, thank you for giving me the gift that I can't back to give back to you, which is time. Uh, but because you gave me that gift, I'm gonna challenge you that everything I shared is just lip service unless you put it into practice. And so find something and practice it. You can be mad at me, you can be upset at me, but put it into practice so you can revel in the results because I don't like lip service. So go do something with it. And thank you for having me, man. It was an absolute pleasure. George, thank you again. That that was amazing. I really appreciate you. And guys, if you're uh, you know, if you dug that as much as I did, you definitely want to check out mindofgeorge.com. I'll put that link up both in the YouTube description if you're watching this on video or at shatteredmoldpodcast.com where this episode resides if you're listening on audio. And speaking of links, quick reminder, you want to check out my book, The Last Law of Attraction Book You'll Ever Need to Read. You can easily do so by going to lastlawofattractionbook.com or you can check out the YouTube channel in support of it. That's youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. With that said, thank you for listening. Thank you to George for being so awesome. And stay tuned. We've got a lot more awesome guests on the way soon. I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.